This episode of the Weekly Standard Podcast is sponsored by The Great Courses. The Great Courses brings the world's greatest professors to your fingertips with more than 500 courses on science, history, philosophy, fine arts, better living, and more. The Great Courses are available on digital download and streaming or DVD and CD. Best of all, you can listen to or watch The Great Courses at your own pace without the pressure of homework or exams. And now, for a limited time only... The Great Courses is giving our listeners an offer of up to 80% off the original price of selected courses, including The Decisive Battles of World History. For this limited time 80% offer, go to thegreatcourses.com slash WS to find out more. That's thegreatcourses.com slash WS. Welcome to the Weekly Standard Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Graham. With us from the Weekly Standard is Fred Barnes. And Fred, a lot happened for the GOP in New Hampshire this weekend. You were there. What did you see and how should the GOP feel about their ever-growing field of candidates? Well, the first thing they should feel is that uh, they're in so much better shape than they were four years ago at this time. You remember the the field of candidates... uh, was not very good in that last cycle, <laughs> uh, the last presidential cycle. I think uh, Mitt Romney won the nomination, uh, mainly because he was by far the best candidate, but that didn't make him a good candidate. Wait, you're, not, you're saying you didn't have dreams of President Herman Cain dancing through your head, Fred? <laughs> Nor uh, uh, President uh, Michelle Bachman. <laughs> she was not in my, in my dreams either, although I think she was perfectly fine as a House member. Mm-hmm. She didn't strike me as presidential. But anyway... I, I disciplined myself when I went up to Nashua, New Hampshire, uh, for the weekend, and I made sure I saw all 18 uh, presidential candidates or potential presidential candidates speak. Wow. And, it, you know, they each had a half an hour. Some took a little bit more but, uh, or a little bit less, uh, but they were all there, and it was pretty impressive, I'll have to say. You know, there were some who were, who were just excellent. Uh, uh, certainly, uh, Marco Rubio was. Uh, uh, Chris Christie, the governor of New Jersey, was better than I, I expected him to be, and he's been, you know, the media's been dumping on him, and, and he, was, he was awfully good. He's a great politician. He was very appealing. Uh, but then some of the ones, here's what really struck me, Michael, was, was some of the Republican candidates who were secondary or tertiary candidates or ones that, you know, all of us think have no chance of winning, were really very good. Uh, John Bolton, the former U.N. ambassador, was spectacular in outlining the threat to our country uh, that has been created by President Obama from his retreat of American influence around the world and so on. And and many of us spoke on that. John Bolton was the best. Uh, Even ones like Bobby Jindal, the governor of Louisiana, who everybody said, well, he's very smart and so on, but he's not going anywhere, uh, gave a tremendous uh, speech, took uh, questions and handled them very effectively. John Kasich of Ohio, who nobody thinks is even running, uh, was also very good, very earnest. Anyway, it was uh, uh, the Republican Party ought to feel very good about that. Doesn't mean they're going to win, but you know, compare it. I don't mean to drone on like this, but sure. compare it to what was Hillary doing? She was in Iowa hiding, not only from the press, but from Iowans as well. <laughs> and the Republicans were all out in public. Uh, they'd give a spiel. Uh, and then they'd answer questions from this crowd of activists, and, and some of the questions were uh, hostile. Uh, most of them weren't, but, uh, and, and they handled them very well. And one of the other people who I really hadn't expected to see there, uh, but there he was, Donald Trump was there. Now, nobody thinks he's going to really run, although he has more people on the ground in New Hampshire uh, than any other candidate. 
And uh, he was, uh, you know, he doesn't talk like the rest of the candidates. He said, you know, in negotiations, he said, I know some killers in the financial field, and, and I'd bring them in and, and have them do the negotiations if I were president, you know, talking about the Iran deal and trade treaties and so on. Uh, he was very tough, and I thought uh, somewhat appealing, and, uh, and I still don't expect him to run. He was also very funny at times. Uh, I want to. You talked about the candidates. I want to ask you about the Republicans you ran into. What was the mood of the people who were there? Not many of them, I bet, can claim what you did, which is they sat through every single speech. But what was there? Were they upbeat? Were they were they you know, downhearted? And more importantly, what do you think are the issues or uh, topics that have the most of their attention as Republican primary voters? One of these were a special group of uh, the Republicans. They were mainly activists, and there were some you know, from Rhode Island, a few from Rhode Island, a, a, a few from Vermont, but mainly from New Hampshire, uh, uh, people who were involved and concerned about politics on a, uh, a yearly basis. I mean, they, they're just not uh, interested because it's the year before presidential election, all the candidates were there. These were involved people. Here's what uh, they are very enthusiastic. Uh, they do not like Hillary Clinton. They were handing out posters, or rather bumper stickers, saying, Stop Hillary. Uh, and they're very concerned, like the candidates were. And the big issue there that, that most of the candidates talked about was the foreign policy issue, the national security issue, because they fear for the country, uh, uh, given uh, where we've been taken by Barack Obama. Uh, do you, did you get a sense that they felt good about these candidates, too? Well, the only one who got a series of hostile questions was actually Jeb Bush. Mm-hmm. Uh, questions on immigration and Common Core and whether he was uh, merely uh, a guy who the establishment and the elite and the party favors, and, and that's right. he's going to be uh, crowned as president because of that. Of course, he knocked it down. I did. Here's what surprised me, uh, Michael. I thought Jeb Bush was very good. He appeared just in a shirt, didn't have a tie on or anything. Most of the, of the candidates were pretty informally dressed. Uh, I thought he was excellent, but almost all the people, all the Republicans who were there, uh, didn't think so. Uh, they were, uh, they were not favorably inclined right. uh, toward Jeb Bush. Now maybe bit, I'm, I can't claim that I'd done any scientific uh, study uh, to find out what they thought, but I talked to a lot of them, and I couldn't find many who had anything favorable to say about Jeb Bush. Well, I will say that the people I hear from, very grassroots oriented, uh, both as a radio host and in my work with the Tea Party, et cetera. There is a strong, we're, we just don't want to go there uh, uh, ethos. And part of it is the Bush name, but that's not all of it, Fred. Part of it is a comment that Scott uh, Rasmussen mentioned in a, uh, in a piece he just published about what the election he thinks is going to be about. He's reminding us that only one of the last six uh, election cycles did the Republican win the popular vote. And it's one thing to tell movement conservatives, look, you have to eat you know, the, the gruel because it's what we need to win. But having served nonstop gruel since 1988 and only won one popular vote, I think the grassroots are saying, no, we're, not only do we not want to vote for this guy, but you've tricked us enough times. We're going to make him the kind of the pinata for all the frustration we feel for backing candidates like McCain, Romney and Dole that we didn't want, but that you told us we had to have. Well, uh, I don't quite agree with you 100 okay. percent because I like Jeb Bush. I think he'd make a very good president. He was a wonderful governor, maybe because I have a house in Florida, and I know what he did down there. I've written sure. about him in the Weekly Standard. I wrote a piece uh, when he was leaving office after two terms as governor of Florida, saying he was the best governor in the country. He was. Well, you know, in political time, I think that was 2006 or 2007, it might as well have been in the 19th century. You know, people, 
you know, people change their views. The issues sure. change. People are looking for something else, uh, uh, partly for the reason that you uh, uh, you mentioned. They they don't want another candidate who can't get a majority of the vote or even a plurality of the vote. So, uh, so uh, uh, Jeb did uh, uh, did not know uh, do well with that audience. And it wasn't look. It was not mainly a movement conservative right. audience. There was some of that there. I was here's another place where I would another time when I was surprised. Uh, uh, Ted Cruz spoke. He was the last speaker. He uh, uh, his speech consisted of applause lines, and I I would those did not appeal to me. Mm-hmm. As it turned out, it really appealed to the audience there. However, and uh, you know that that is a question too. Is you know you're appealing to people who are politically in tune, pre-involved versus reaching out to the casual voter who only shows mm-hmm. up every once every four years, who has the magic there. I want to ask you. Right now, if you had to rate them, set set aside who can win and lose. Set you know well, set the policies. If you had to rate them on the political skills that you saw them demonstrate, who would you say, man, th- these are the candidates who really have it down versus the ones who who need a lot of work? Well, I thought Jeb Bush did, but uh, I okay. guess I was wrong. <laughs> That's <laughs> one. That, but, who else? Uh, certainly, Marco Rubio's coming on strong. Scott Walker, who I uh, I sat at his dinner table on Saturday night and and talked to him a bunch. Uh, it's it very impressive. Gave a very good speech. Uh, it was what they're doing now. What Scott Walker did very well. It was his stump speech, but very cleverly updated mm-hmm. uh, for the New Hampshire and, and actually a national audience, since there were so many national reporters there. He was very good. Those two stand out. Um, I thought uh, Rick Perry. Uh, clearly, he's the most improved candidate from the last cycle, but he was very, very good. Uh, and has worked hard to be <laughs> to be very very right. on both foreign and, and domestic policy. I mentioned Bobby Jindal, uh, who doesn't seem to be getting anywhere particularly, but was very good. Now, how about uh, surprisingly not together? Someone that you that did not achieve your expectations. Were there any of those? Um, not really. Well, I guess uh, Jeb Bush didn't. But <laughs> I was the last to know. Uh, the the uh, who else didn't? Let me think. Well, there were some that weren't. You know, uh, George Pataki uh, wasn't particularly good, the former mm-hmm. New York governor. Sure. Um, the, uh, you know, really, um, they all, uh, they really did uh, uh, do very well. Yeah. Uh, I mentioned John Bolton, the second and third uh, and tertiary candidate. John uh, Bolton was good. Carly Fiorina was very good. Do you think um, she has appeal uh, uh, broadly to, is, is there a Republican niche she's reaching for or, or a slice of the republican primary voter pie she's reaching um well it's a it's certainly a, a conservative uh, group that she's appealing to and and partly she doesn't make a blatant appeal as a woman uh but i mean that is part of her appeal she's very critical of hillary and she as a woman does get more attention to her uh, her view on hillary than other candidates do if republicans are smart they'll let her carry that ball uh, because, you know, the press has already started this thing about, I think wrongly, started this thing about Republicans are, are all criticizing Hillary and ganging up on her. And you know what that leads to, Michael. Uh, they're picking on her because she's a woman and right. it's sexist and so on. That's, that, I think, is almost days away. Uh, yeah, I th- in fact, I'd argue we're already there. I saw a report the other day of uh, a CNN reporter saying Republicans don't want to break the glass ceiling. In other words, we don't want a woman to be president. That's kind of a crazy thing to say. <laughs> I don't know what they base that on. Well, it's the, uh, bias. <laughs> well, exactly. Look, they've got a story they're going to report, Fred. They'll find the facts later to make it work. Thank you for your report from New Hampshire. We appreciate it. 
Good. Great talking to you. You've been listening to the Weekly Standard Podcast. Please be sure to check weeklystandard.com regularly for podcast updates. I'm your host, Michael Graham.